Hello. Hello. Hello, and welcome to the big topic in women's MMA. Frank Posen here along with Schwan Humes. Don't forget to check out my blog at frankp316.blogspot.com. And uh, all the fights that we talk about are going to be up on the blog if they, uh, the ones from last weekend are already up. And uh, same thing for this weekend. They'll be up the next day. Okay. Um, so, Schwan, let's start with last Saturday. Um, we had two fights on the show. They were both uh, on the early prelims. Uh, at flyweight, Macy Barber beat Jessica I by unanimous decision. And um, uh, my feeling is Macy's going to get ranked after this because the idea was that Jessica was ranked number 10. And so if she wins this fight, then she gets ranked. I also think, Schwan, I saw some improvement in that has a lot to do with uh, Danny Castillo over at um, uh, over at uh, Faber's joint there, um, and um, I think she's improving. I'd like to see her, like we've talked about before, uh, go more for body shots and stuff like that to uh, uh, get in there. But I thought she did a pretty good job here, considering what uh, Jessica tried to do. Uh, it didn't work. Yeah. Um... I saw the good and the bad about Macy Barber. Um, a lot of this story of the fight was behind how Jessica I chose to approach her. Last week, I mentioned that at Bantamweight, where she was a little bit quicker, and even previously in, in Bellator, Jessica I was more of a boxer who would wrestle some. And since she's dropped down weights in the UFC, all of a sudden she's become more of a brawler and more of a you know, a grappler and a wrestler. And again, she had some success with that early, but in her last couple outings as a fighter, she hasn't been able to get any traction. And in this fight, it was no dis difference. She tried to attack Je Macy Barber at her strength. She was trying to break Macy Barber. She wasn't trying to beat her. She attacked her at her strength to break her will and to take the momentum away, and it didn't work. She was able to hold her up against the cage in clinches, but Macy Barber was just doing a lot of work in those clinches, those knees, those hooks to the body the uppercuts the elbows the crosses she was just having her way with um with um just guy in the clinches and just guy she she was able to show her strength and physicality but she couldn't do anything in the clinches consistently she landed a shot or two there here and there but she couldn't put anything together in the clinches Schwan, let me ask you a question here do you think jessica yeah. was trying to do what we've seen from some fights recently where she was trying to fool the judges her rounds okay like in round one she's controlling things on the clinch but then macy kind of wouldn't accept that position that's why she lost the rounds and in round two she got a takedown and she just sat there she did a lay and pray but two of the judges gave her that round well i think to a degree that works but like i understand the generality of that but when you're facing, facing someone like macy barber who's who's turned into more of a clinch fighter now that's where her biggest improvement is before she she would pot shot at range with power shots. Now she gets into the clinch and she's actually pretty busy. She throws combinations and series of shots in the clinch. So I understand her getting control, but for you to win rounds of control, you can't let the other person threaten you. That's how Talia Santos lost to Valentina. She took Valentina down, but Valentina was still threatening with submissions and striking from the bottom. So she was outworking her. She was controlling Barbara, but Barbara was beating the hell out of her as she got control. Now when she got that takedown, 
that was different. When she got the takedown, Barbara couldn't scramble. Barbara couldn't throw up a submission. Barbara couldn't strike from the ground. Barbara was just trying to improve her position, and Jessica had essentially shut her down completely offensively on the ground. That's a completely different situation. But holding her up against the cage, that only works if you're able to negate her offense. And Jessica I never did. I would have liked to see Jessica I come out and try to box her because Macy Barber, she was good at, at range, but she'd only, if you notice, she only throws one to two shots. And they're usually big, powerful shots. And would have backfired against Jessica I when she burned so much energy trying to get control in the first half of the fight that she, when she got it range the second round, she didn't have the energy. She wasn't, she, was, she wasn't light on her feet. Her punches weren't sharp. Her defense was slow. Her reaction was slow because she had gassed herself using all that energy trying to hold Barbara up against the cage. So when Barbara touched her, she went right back to the clinch. So she got clipped at range, then tried to tie her up again and started getting beat up in the clinch again until she got that takedown. And the takedown didn't come from the clinch. The takedown came from her striking at range. But she was never able to do that again because she wasted all her energy trying to, as you said, steal the round through control. So I, I didn't think it was a great game plan by Jessica I. I understood what she was trying to do, but she's not. Against somebody as physical as Barber, that's not a good idea. Barber's weakness is at the mid-range and the long range because you can outwork her, and she's not really good defensively. But if you're going to tie it with her in clinches, well, you might as well just give her the fight. So it was a brave performance by Jessica I. I understand what she was doing strategically. I just don't think that was the right fighter to try that against, given how much better Barbara's looked in the clinch. Now at range, Barbara looks the same. At mid-range, Barbara looks the same. In the clinch, she looks amazing. Well, I think another thing about Macy is it looks like she's found a coach that she has clicked with, and that's Danny Castillo. And uh, we've seen some improvement in already, and I think we're going to see more improvement better get better well you know? I, I like I like how they're I like how they're using her they know she's not super athletic and dynamic she's athletic enough what she is is she's a big physical tank of a fighter so they use that to wear on girls to break them down with those 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 exchanges and her pressuring people I, I'd really like to see her throw more strikes at range and mid-range I don't I don't know that they're ever going to get to that point because team alpha male's never been pitch perfect at striking, not even not since they lost Bang Ludwig. They weren't like that before. But if she can get to those clinches, if she can clean up her entries in those clinches, she'll she'll beat a lot of girls. I still think against the elite girls, she, she's going to get punished for that. And she's not going to be able to get to her spots as easily. And then we'll see how much they've improved. Because right now their plan A always works. You don't know how good a fighter you are until plan A doesn't work and you you're forced to go to plan B. You don't not when you choose to, because she chooses to show more. But when you're forced to, you have no choice but to go to plan B because you're getting your ass kicked in plan A. And we haven't seen that yet. Okay. And meanwhile, Jessica retired, which did not surprise me. I thought she would if she lost. The other thing is that she says she's going to try pro wrestling. And I should point out that years ago, she actually did a couple of pro wrestling shows. This was even before she signed with Bellator. And so she has done it before. And uh, there are people in Cleveland that she can go to who uh, can uh, help her with that. Was she uh, good at it? Uh, she only did it a couple of times. For one time. She never went back to it, so she'd have to probably be totally trained. But, uh, there are people who can, who can teach her there, like, uh, for example, Johnny Gargano that's in Cleveland. He's, a, a w, he's an NXT veteran. Um, she's a little old for the WWE, but I don't know about other companies. I can't really say. I, I mean, I like the idea because it's something else. But just, it's kind of weird. It's like when people go to, to, to bare-knuckle boxing. 
I, I like it if they're getting a lot more money because it's, it's, a, it's easier. There's less work. There's actually less damage you're going to receive and you can maybe make some money. And maybe if she can make re- money in wrestling, that'd be great too. But I'm like, given the fact that you had to spend so much time training for MMA, going into pro wrestling is j- so late. It's just, it's going to be another 10 years of having to relearn and refocus because the pro wrestling life isn't really easy. I mean, she has a right to do whatever she wants to do. I hope she made some money. Um, I know she never reached the peaks that people thought she was going to reach, but um, it just. I, I never thought she'd reach. I, I never thought she was. I thought she was very excited. Yeah, she was never great, but she she developed a little bit of a name. I was hoping she got paid. Um, if she wants to go to pro wrestling, that's really cool. I was hoping she'd have like, I don't know. For me personally, I was just hoping she'd have another a, another route she was taking. But it, it's w- whatever makes her happy. Okay, so um, let's move on to the second fight, which Julia Stoliarenko uh, beat uh, Jessica Rose Clark uh, with an armbar. Round one armbar, and that that was at uh, uh, bantamweight. And Jessica, first of all, she almost not she knocked Ju- Julia down, and then she allowed herself to get taken down. And really, Julia, the only thing she's good at is an armbar. So that was not the way to go. Yeah, she once again it's that fight IQ. She didn't establish a jab. She didn't attack from long range and walk her down and back her up and take her down. She hurt her early and then started running in with strikes and basically served up that takedown. She served up that takedown for Julia, and Julia took full full example of it. She put her on her back and immediately attacked the arm, and and Rose got her arm broken. I can't say it was a bad fight. I I can't say it was a bad fight for Rose, but, I mean, it's just as a veteran – it's like she doesn't. It's like she didn't know her opponent. Julia is not very good at for you pressure her. She's not very good if you put combinations together. She's not even really good if you take her down and control her and attack her from the top. But if you go into some kind of scramble situation, she can snatch. She can snatch an armbar. And if you're less of an athlete, she can hang in a. She can hang in a brawl. And that was a fight that was made for Rose to win. And she she kind of threw it away. And now once again, she she's suffering a major injury. So she's going to be out another three to six months minimum it it's just like an endless chain of injuries and setbacks for her by the time she comes back again i i, I don't know what's going to be much of a career left for her yeah that's about it i really don't have any other comment about it it was just very stupid yeah it, and it's costly because i mean i respect her she's always put on for, for the most part good fights but her connection with the fans and her social media presence has always kind of far outweighed her actual performance in the cage. I mean, she beat Paige Van Zant, but that's that's not really the greatest thing at the point where she beat Paige. And since then, she's been up and down, and mostly out of the cage. I, I just I just don't know what she does at this point as far as being a professional fighter. And between the camp changing, the injuries, the injuries in camps, I I just don't know what's much that there's very much left for her as a fighter. I, I really think it might be close to the end or time to call to call it a day if she's just going to be injured like this all the time. Well, we shall see. Anyways, both of those fights are up on my blog. Let's move on to this Saturday. And we've got two women's fights on the show. The first one, so the main card, just been moved up to the main card, actually, is at Flyweight. It is Cynthia Calvillo versus Nina Nunez. And, Sean, is Cynthia Calvillo damaged goods at this point, especially after getting clobbered by Jessica Andrade? 
it really does seem like that. Um, I've, I've, it seems, and I, for a while, Cynthia Calvillo, when she was, I think she was, a, who was she working with? Was it Castillo? Might have been Castillo from Team Alpha Male. She was working with somebody from Team Alpha Male. No, it was heard. some. It was another. It was somebody else. But she's yeah. actually training these days. At, um, uh, um, oh shit! Kickboxing, aka. Yeah, she she kind of went on a run early on in her career when she uh, beat Amanda Cooper, Pearl Gonzalez, and then um, Joanne Calderwood. And then after the Carla Esparza win, you know, things started getting really dicey. The the gap between her and her opponents wasn't nearly as, as wide as it seemed earlier in her career. And um, she just hasn't been able to recover. I, I never thought she was a great fighter. I think she kind of got some decisions she shouldn't have got. I think JoJo could have won that fight. When she was fighting Pearl Gonzalez, Pearl Gonzalez was actually outclassing her. And for some reason, Pearl, Pearl Gonzalez went through her game plan out of the window and started fighting Cynthia's fight, and then Cynthia took over. And in this recent iteration of her, the only big win she has is over Jessica I, which every time Jessica I has gone out, it's made that win look less and less impressive. I don't think she has the athleticism to really compete at a bigger class. I'm not sure she's a good enough wrestler. Her wrestling's improved, but it's it's not really good enough against high-end athletes with experience. And after she took those shots from Jessica, I don't I don't know where her chin is. I don't know where her ability to recover is. She's never been particularly durable or, or really big and physical like that, it, it, and especially this weight class. So it's really hard for me to imagine what's going to happen for, with her. This matchup is another favorable matchup against somebody who's not a big hitter. But, given, but now that I don't know what she can take or what she can handle, it's almost like a 50-50 fight. Well, if you remember in her last fight, she kind of quit on the chair, right? Yes, against and Andrea, Andrea Lee of all people. I mean, Lee's not a big puncher. She's never been. She's you've seen her land tons of shots on people, and people barely come out with a bruise. She's just not that kind of fighter, and to to either quit or be so damaged that they had to stop it on your behalf makes you wonder how much you have left as far as what damage you can absorb and what damage you can come back from. And if Cynthia Calvillo can't really take damage, a lot of her game goes away because, as I said, she's not a great athlete work her way into spots which means she has to she has to walk through some fire and risk getting burned for her to get her clinches get her tie-ups land her land her strikes she's just not a good enough athlete or or slick enough fighter to navigate that without being touched so against somebody like um her opponent uh, nunez it, it's it's gonna be hard for her to get the get to the spot she wants to it's gonna be hard for her to control position nunez is a better athlete a better striker maybe they're equal as far as the grappling but at this stage, Nunes would be the more physical and um, the physical and probably stronger fighter, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm pretty much with you on this. Uh, I just think it, uh, the, that that one fight really took a lot out of her. Yeah, I mean, that, there's a there, it's a reason I always tell people you have to be careful with your matchups. Yeah, you want the the biggest fight to get ahead and get that title shot, but you have to navigate things carefully because. There's losing a fight, and then there's losing a fight. You could lose a fight by decision versus a, an average striker who's who's a smart fighter, and they just out hustle you and outsmart you. Then you get in a fight with a Valentina Shevchenko, who's on you catch her, you're the right matchup, or a Jessica Andrade, and they change the the they change the arc of your career because they put such a beating on you. You never really recover. Look at how Jessica I responded after she fought Valentina. She was never really anywhere near the same she was in her her first couple fights at that weight class. Look at a lot of fighters who fought Andrade. Angela Hill wasn't quite 
Angela came back and she was on a brand new Angela Hill. She hasn't quite looked the same after that. Even Rose Nama Yunus became a little gun shy after she fought Jessica Andrade. She took a certain kind of punishment that kind of affected her mentality. You know, you start seeing her being real, real careful in how she fought. She didn't want to take any chances. She wanted to end fights quickly. And now you have Cynthia Calvillo who has none of those talents and who, who may have been compromised. So I, I don't know what they do with her. Her or Nunes, whoever loses, has got to be close to being cut, in my opinion. We'll see. We'll see. Now, the second fight is another one. Antonina Shevchenko versus Courtney Casey. They're both pretty mediocre, Schwan. Um, I, I would probably agree with you. that The issue is Courtney Casey probably has a lower IQ. Courtney Casey will give you, put herself in position to lose fights. She'll give you something that allow you to take over a fight. Against Herrig, she kept walking in with the same combination, and Herrig kept countering her. She never adjusted. Against um, Michelle Watterson, she, she kept working from her back and basically got in, gave up control on the rounds and lost a close decision looking for a submission that she ultimately didn't get. Against Aldridge, she just got out-hustled on the feet, exchanging, getting into a high-level striking match with Aldridge, who, if nothing else, is very prepared, very professional, and very sharp on the feet. And, and against Robertson, the one time she engaged in grappling with someone who's a much better athlete and a much better finisher and grappler than her. So she, she always seems to choose the wrong route to success. She's got tools. She's fairly big. She's long. She hits kind of hard. But she's just not a very smart fighter. The, the saving grace for her in this is she's fighting Antonina, who's just so uneven as a fighter. Antonina is not low IQ. Antonina is not low skill. But she doesn't have really good cardio, so any physical advantage she physical advantages she has goes away. She's pretty big and strong, but she can't maintain any pressure because she gasses. But she and she's not a great athlete. She doesn't hit super hard, and she's not super hard to hit. So I I'd probably say you have to favor Casey because at least she has a win recently. But Casey fights so dumb that if Antonina can just not gas after the first round and a half, she should be she should be able to win. She's the actual better better fighter who's shown the better IQ in the fight. She just, she can't maintain any sort of pace. And when she gets tired, she gets easy to hurt. She gets easy to control. She gets easy to finish. So it's kind of, does Courtney Casey's IQ fa fail her before Antonina Shevchenko's gas tank fails her? My opinion is I don't care. I'm not shocked by that. <laughs> okay, I didn't think you would. Anyways, these fights are on Saturday. They'll both be up on my blog. On Sunday. Okay, Schwan, Ryzen announced today the uh, brackets for the Super Atomweight Tournament. Okay? And this, uh, these will be on July 31st, and then the second round, the semifinals, will be on, um, I think, in October, and then the final will be at the, uh, on the New Year's Eve show. So let's go. I want to go through the brackets here. So first of all, we've got Rena. Oh, by the way, all four all four matches are Japanese versus foreigners. Okay. Yes. All right. So first one is Rena versus Anastasia Svetskivska. <laughs> so we all know who Rena is. Okay, she's a former shoot boxing champion, right? As a fighter, as an MMA fighter, she's just not very good, Schwan. She's slow. And she's a striker. If you get her on the ground, she's very easy to beat. Anastasia is an unknown quantity. She's uh, from um, the Ukraine. 
She's what, 24 years old and she's two and oh on shows in, the, in the Ukraine. Okay. So this is her first fight. In Ukraine, so. I don't know. <laughs> Not me. And, uh, you know, so that there's that. Second fight is Kana Asakura uh, versus Siwoo Park. Uh, Kana is a former title contender, but she's never won it. She's still pretty young. She's like in her So she's a decent fighter on the ground. But her problem is, is striking. So I think she's going to have problems here with Siwoo Park. Siwoo Park is a Korean, but she's fought quite a bit in Japan over the last couple. Pandemic, and um, most of your Korean fighters, she's going to be different from most of your Korean fighters. And she's very good at striking, and that could give her a big edge on um, on Kana um, because Kana's striking is is awful. Okay, then we have Ayaka Hamasaki, who's of course uh, forty years old and a veteran, the former champ, and look who he she's facing. Jessica Aguilar. I thought she yeah. retired, Sean. Yeah, I mean the money. I'm sure they made. She's she's got a certain legitimacy because of her name and her accomplishments. I'm sure they paid her a handsome fee to come back out. Well, she's been uh, working as a trainer lately at ATT. Now, an interesting thing about this fight is that back in 2011, there was an earthquake in Japan. Yes. Well, these two were supposed to fight. Ayaka versus Jessica. And then the earthquake happened. The fight never happened. So that's probably the reason they offered it to Jessica. Probably the reason she took it. Yeah. But I don't probably. see her beating. I don't see her beating yeah. Ayaka in a million years. It, I and think it's just a payday. A payday, a big opportunity on a big stage. Yeah, to get big I guess. Up. I guess. And the fourth fight is uh, the current champ, Seika Aizawa, versus another unknown, Laura Fontura. Uh, Laura is from, uh, she's really young, 21 years old. She's from Brasilia, Brazil. Uh, I think uh, sure that the gym where she trains, one of her teammates is uh, the guy, she's in the UFC, Rani Yaya. Okay. So she's 7-0. and Now, her last fight, do you remember a few months ago, back in January, there was an all-women's show in Calgary? Yeah. It was called, it was called, uh, uh, Athena or something like that. Now, Sarah Kaufman was supposed to be on the main event of that show, but unfortunately, her opponent had visa problems, so she wasn't on the show. And Laura was in the was in the main event, and she won the fight. So, who the hell knows if she's any good? I have no idea. So, give me yeah. your thoughts on this one. Oh, and I want to mention one other thing. You know what fight I would like to see in this? I don't think it's going to happen, but this is the most interesting. This would be the most interesting fight to me, and that's if Rena were to be were to end up fighting Ayaka Hamasaki. And you want to know why? Because Ayaka is her coach at AACC. Oh, hmm. Well, I mean that would that would be dramatic, and it would probably be a big seller because they could sell that storyline. So it'd be a huge rating and a payday. Which would, which is what they hope for, um, and well, Rena R- R- is big ratings on uh, Fuji TV too. Yeah, but if she's fighting a coach, that adds to it. That's a storyline. You know, will they fight? Won't they? If they fight, it's teacher versus student. 
who wins. I mean, it'd be a, it'd be a great setup for them. The, the so, worst thing, I, I like tournaments like this for one instance because worst case scenario, even if you have bad fighters, everybody's getting an opportunity. If you're an unknown fighter, even though they're bringing you in to lose, you have an opportunity to get, score an upset and establish your name and, 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 and push your career forward. So that's, that's one thing. But and the, for all the, peop, all the other fighters, they're getting a chance to be on a big platform. They're getting fights that are essentially showcase fights. They're going to let them re reestablish their brand and continue on with their career. So it's a win-win for everybody. I'm just not a big fan of having these fights where it's clear they want one other person to win. When there's an upset, it's great and fabulous. But when it goes by paint by the numbers fight, it, I think it actually hurts the sport. You know, we need more competitive fights, not squash matches. We need more situations where we don't know who's going to win or we don't have a good idea who's going to win instead of just fights where it's very clear who's going to win and how it's going to happen. Well, you don't want to forget to mention, you know, Laura Fontura beat in that uh, Calgary show? Um, Andy Nguyen, you know, the Crasian? Yeah. Now she's fought for in the past. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so I, here's the thing, okay? I kind of agree with you. The, the only thing is we've got two basically unknown fighters here. Who the hell knows if they, if they can get an upset on here? Certainly, you know, Rena yeah. losing is definitely possible, okay? And, I, and if Seaview Park wins, I don't consider that an upset. Yeah, I mean, it it probably wouldn't be, but it's like when you're the unknown fighter, to you it would be because you know the scene. To people who aren't really committed to the scene, it would be an upset. That's why I say like it might be a bad opportunity for some of these people because they're not experienced and they're not known. But even though it's a bad opportunity, the second word is the most important word, opportunity. It's still an opportunity for them to improve their careers and put, put themselves on the map. I just don't like the setup. I don't like setups where I feel like it's tilting in one person's favor and it looks like a lot of this tournament is tilted in one person's favor. They have a clear idea of how they want this to go. Well, it doesn't surprise me that uh, uh, Sakubara would do that. You know, you know, what can I say? This is the guy who's behind pride, man. Yeah. It, it would be, but I mean, at the end of the day, it's a business and, and that's how it has to work. Yeah, this is how this is how he does things, right? It doesn't surprise me at all. I saw the matchups and I just laughed. I had to look up the two fighters because I'd never heard of either of them, right? Yeah, I, I, I haven't. I, I usually keep up with women's MMA, and I was like, who the hell are these people? Yeah, well, you know, I knew who the Japanese ones were. Anyways, well, uh, I also wanted to mention uh, not another thing I wanted to mention was that, um, of course, um, um, two things. Uh, Kayla Harrison won her fight last week, not surprisingly. Shocking. Yeah, so it didn't surprise me. Um, you know what? Larissa Pacheco has looked really good in this, uh, this whole thing. Uh, I would expect her to. I mean, even going into it, she was one of the more experienced fighters. Uh, it seems like she's made a de- uh, um, commitment to her conditioning. She looks a little bit leaner. She looks a little bit more explosive. She looks a little bit stronger. And as much as people talk about skills, skills matter. Skills and IQ matter. But if, you, if you're just in a better shape, you're a be- better physical version of yourself, you instantly become 15 to 20% better as a fighter just because you don't have to – you don't take certain chances because you know you won't get tired. You can 
fight certain strategies because you know physically your body will hold up and your cardio will hold up and you know that there's certain positions you can get to now that you're that you have the strength and the stamina to maintain or to build on so now your fighting style changes as you as you know you can rely on your body more it's the same way that people who don't have a chin fight one way and guys who do have a chin fight in a more aggressive manner because they know they can take whatever's coming back at them when you know you can't you have to fight in, in a very meticulous very concise manner so her being more conditioned and being in better shape, I think has made her a better fighter and allowed her to fight with a little bit more freedom and aggression in, 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 in what, what she does. As of before, she just seemed a little slow, a little clumsy, a little slow to react. And just as big as she was, she didn't really seem to have a lot of physicality or strength to her. She seems more, more impressive physically to me. I don't know if she is, but she seems that way. You know, she's a teammate of um, Marina Rodriguez and, um, uh, Taylor Santos over at Thai Brazil, Florianopolis. Uh-huh. So maybe there's been some improvements over there. I don't know. Maybe, but you know, it's. I mean, I just want to see. Com- I just want to see competitive fights. So <laughs> if she's getting better, that that that's great. And if, once again, if she gets another shot at Kayla, you have to imagine she's going to do better. This is her be her third look at Kayla. How how can you not perform better with somebody you've seen three times? Okay, now, uh, I also, of course, uh, as you know as well, um, as not surprisingly, Felice Herrig signed with Bare Knuckle Fighting Champion. Yeah, smart for her. She's always known how to market herself. I mean, when other fighters were begging the UFC for money because of her sponsorships and how she played up certain aspects of herself, which people made fun of, but when they were crying for money, she wasn't even fighting and she was good. She was okay. She was in a bad spot. So going to going to the bare knuckle thing she she can she knows how to market herself she'll have a little fan base she'll appeal to the, the fans and she should do she should do all right there i wouldn't expect her to do great but i would expect her to do decently there and she'll get paid a, she'll make a lot of money she'll get a lot of money from sponsors she's, she's actually someone she's, a lot of fighters should imitate she said today that she's making a lot of money with only fans yeah uh, i would i wasn't shocked when she went that route because she kind of went that route before she do like little um you know photo shoots and commercials and she kind of played up an angle and a lot of female fighters oh she's playing up her sexuality i don't like that i don't respect that and, and i get their moral high ground i guess but the fact of the matter is when you're in a sport you you only have so long to be in that sport so you i'm not telling anybody to do something that's not comfortable for them i'm not saying that but you have a very limited amount of time in sport in a sport that does not pay you a lot you have to maximize your earnings and maximize your time in the light so that when your light goes you've established enough business relationships and you've made enough money that you can spread it out so that you'll be good. I don't know that I believe that Felice Herrick needs the money. I think she wants more money. And I think a lot of girls go into it from MMA because they need to make more money. I, I don't, I don't think Felice has money problems. I think Felice has been very good with her money and she's maximized her earning potential, even though she's never really been a contender. She's, she's probably made more money than most contenders outside of the cage because of her business, well, her networks. She said it, it means that she doesn't have to fight if she doesn't want to. I don't think she had to fight if she wants to before. I really don't think she had to. I, I don't know her thing, but I, I think compared to most female fighters, Elise Herrick was probably in a better spot. In, never being a champion, I think through her sponsorships and her networks and her relationships, I think she did better than a lot of female fighters. Because I've never heard her begging for money. I've heard almost every other major female fighter talk about money and their struggle. I've never heard Felice Herrick say that. I think she should teach a marketing course. 
She should. She's she should really she could do a course. She should go around speaking to female fighters, male fighters too, about how to angle things around to maximize your earning potential while you're in the spotlight. Because you have all these fighters fighting the UFC, and the only way they're making money is fighting. And if the only way you're making money is in sports is to directly do that sport, you are doing it wrong. In football, people make more money outside of sponsorships. To basketball, outside of sponsorships, you it's up to you to figure out how to make that work. And a lot of fighters just I just focus on being a fighter. Cool. But then when you're on your losing streak and you're about out of the UFC, what do they start doing? Well, they didn't pay me right. They didn't pay me correctly. There's ways to get around that. You just have to find them. You have to have a team or you have to spend that time yourself. Lise Herrick would be a great example of that. And I would really like to see her give back. But there's a certain segment of female fighters who don't want to be sexualized and don't want to be marginalized. And the fact of the matter is if you're attractive, male or female, they're going to use that to help sell you. You think Oscar De La Hoya was popular just because he's a good fighter? Hell no. Women found him attractive. You think Canelo is a, successful because he's just a good fighter? No. Women found him attractive. Floyd Mayweather, greatest boxer ever. Is that why he's rich? He's always been great when he started coming up with a persona that appealed to women and appealed to men in a way outside of boxing. That's how they sold him. Good-looking people with a certain charisma always get pushed more and make more money. Conor McGregor didn't make money just because he's a great fighter. It's his personality. It's his style. Same thing with GSP. But for some reason, female fighters don't want to stoop to that level, even though multiple male fighters do. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah. Anything else you want to talk about, Sean? No, sir. That's it for me. Okay. Again, don't forget to check out my blog at frankd316.blogspot.com. The fights from last weekend are up already. And uh, this weekend's will be up the next morning. If you have any questions or comments for my blog or my podcast, you can leave them in Anchor's voicemail. If you'd like to subscribe to my podcast, you can do so at Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Later.